Welcome to the e-commerce Seal podcast, the show dedicated to helping seven-figure plus store owners build incredible businesses and amazing lives. I'm your host, Andrew Udarian. And before I get into the content today and what we're talking about, I want to give a, a really cool announcement opportunity. My friend, Carson McComas, uh, who's the owner of FuelMade.com, is running a pretty cool contest. He and his agency specialize in high-end Shopify Plus design work and Klaviyo work. And they're giving away a $50,000 website redesign, a $50,000 website makeover. <laughs> and so if you are, if you're a fairly new merchant, but you've got a little bit of momentum, especially if you're in the beauty or the lifestyle or the fashion space, you should check this out. Really, the only thing you need to, to know is or need to be willing to do is let these guys have a fair amount of, you know, give them the, give them a creative license for your, for your store. And they're going to hook you up with a unbelievably valuable website redesign. You can learn all the details at fuelmade.com forward slash grant. This isn't a paid promotion or anything. I just, Carson's, I've worked with him before. He's a member, he's our Shopify expert in the community and he and his team do world-class work. So check that out if that sounds interesting to you. So today on the show, we're going to be talking about my big takeaways from the 2019 State of the Merchant report. Every year I go and bribe a bunch of store owners with the promise of potentially a, a free you know, international plane ticket to fill out this super hairy survey and end up getting a bunch of great data about what's going on in the e-commerce world. Everything from, from revenue growth to, to Amazon trends to business model shifts and going to be talking about the key takeaways from that, from this year's report, which just was released about a week ago. So stick around for that. Lots of really interesting things. There's some changes afoot in the e-commerce world. Before jumping in though, I want to give a big thank you to our two sponsors who make this show possible. First, the team at Clavio, who makes email marketing automation incredibly easy and powerful. There's over 10,000 merchants that are using them. And actually, this is not paid by Clavio at all. They're, they are a paid sponsor. They, I can kind of say that. But this next part I'm going to tell you is not paid. Uh, they, they actually overtook MailChimp this year in the State of the Merchant Report as the number one e-commerce service provider that store the seven-figure store owners use. And this, is, this isn't just me saying this. This is based on hard data from members of our community who's using what. So great company. If you're not using them, check them out for free and get started at ecommercefuel.com forward slash Clavio. And then secondly, a big thank you to the team at Liquid Web who makes the best place to host your WooCommerce store online. So if you are thinking about changing over to Woo, if you're on WooCommerce now and not happy with, with the performance you're getting, Check out their, their solution, which provides a completely scalable, customized, optimized environment for running WooCommerce. You get all of the benefits of being able to tweak what you want without the pain and hassle of having to hire a $100,000 system admin uh, who's grumpy. And I, that's not fair. That's not fair. All system admins aren't grumpy. I just came up my mind for some reason. But you don't have to hire a system admin. <laughs> um, so check them out. Great place for WooCommerce. And you can learn more about them at ecommercefield.com forward slash liquid web. All right, let's go ahead and get into my takeaways from this year's State of the Merchant. All right, so I've got six key takeaways from this year's report I want you to remember and, and walk away with here. If I could boil it down to just these six, this, these are what they would be. And the first one is we are seeing Amazon adoption plateauing, at least among seven-figure store owners. So, so why do I say that? Because it's so, I mean, they, this is kind of like SEO is dead. Amazon is horrible. It, it seems to be a favorite pastime of us, us, you know, us merchants to, to complain about this kind of stuff. But, but here's a few pieces of data I'm seeing that really back up what anecdotally I've seen is as more people becoming wary of the platform this year. But I think it's really 
translating into adoption rates. So if you look at the percentage of merchants that actually sell on Amazon, again, there's 400 merchants that just over 400 merchants that are part of this study this year. Two years ago, 49% of them sold on Amazon. One year ago, 55.2% of them did. So a fairly large jump up. This last year, that percentage barely budged up to 55.8%. So it jumped, you know, six over 6% two years ago. This last year, it jumped only about half a percent. So almost a, a 10x decrease in the growth rate of people going to Amazon, which is interesting. And you see that same number too, if you look at the aggregate sales coming from Amazon. Two years ago, 20% of all the sales that merchants in the survey made came from Amazon. One year ago, that was 27.6%. And this last year, it barely budged up to 28.2%. So if you see these in charts, you see a, a massive flattening of, of the adoption rates and also of the sales coming from Amazon. And this is maybe most surprising. If you look at the growth rates for stores that sell on Amazon and that don't sell on Amazon, Amazon, for the very first year this year, stores that didn't sell on Amazon grew faster than stores that did sell on Amazon. So stores not selling on Amazon grew at a 36.5% rate and stores that sold on Amazon sold at a 35.5% rate. So uh, very, barely a difference, you know, very, very similar. And, and if I was a mathematical genius and did this for a living, I could tell you it probably, you know, the statistical significance probably isn't enough to really worry about. But you look at last year's trend where there was a big gap between, you know, was it was like a 10% difference in terms of Amazon stores selling, growing faster than non-Amazon stores. And that's, you know, that's changing. Anyway, all these three, all these data points, if it was one, you could maybe write it off two. That's trend three is more convincing. And, and so I, I see you, you, you take that, those data points and the trends over time coupled with what I'm seeing anecdotally from store owners. And I, I'm not going to say we're at peak Amazon, but I think we are seeing a very, a very noticeable plateauing of, of merchants' adoption towards Amazon. And Amazon's continuing to grow, of course. So where are they getting that growth from? I think part of it's, I think I, I mentioned some of this at e-commerce fuel live uh, in my welcome, but I think, I think some of this is from overseas sellers selling direct. I think some of it is international growth, Amazon getting into new markets. And I also think that Amazon introducing their own product lines is probably part of that. But I, I don't, the data at least says that most of that growth is not coming from at least these, you know, these smaller to you know, seven figures merchants. So that's, that's data point number one, Amazon adoption is plateauing. All right, trend number two, I noticed ad costs are going up, especially on Facebook. If you look year over year, the average increase in kind of just paid ad costs, CPAs, however you want to look at it this year versus last year, went up 15%, which was the, the same, almost exactly the same increase as, as the year before. So it seems like ad costs are going up fairly consistently in that 15% range. But when you look at which platform is seeing the cost go up the fastest, Facebook leads the pack with a 19% increase in CPAs. Amazon is second with a 16% increase and Google is third with a 10% increase. So Facebook is getting more expensive the most quickly and ironically enough, it also delivers the worst return. <laughs> so if you look at the, uh, you know, the average return on ad spend, well, I'm going I'm to use median because that, that kind of gets rid of some of the outliers, but uh, Facebook's a 3x return on ad spend versus 4x for Amazon and Google. So Facebook is not, you know, 
you know, it's, it's, it's mature. These are not the early days of getting, you know, cheap traffic on Facebook anymore. When you look, one thing that was new this year was I looked at popular marketing channels versus effective marketing channels. And just a sense to see like, what are people spending time on that's popular and what's working that's effective. So the top five most popular marketing channels, email marketing, 71% of people doing that. Number two, Facebook ads. Number three, Google ads, Google AdWords ads. Number four, SEO. And five was Instagram. And if you look at the most effective marketing channels, the number one most effective marketing channel, and I measured this by looking at what percentage of people that were using that particular method reported it returning the highest ROI. Amazon ads, you know, I think it was number seventh in terms of being most popular and it was the number one most effective, which is interesting. Number two is email marketing. Number three was SEO. Number four, AdWords. And a distant number fifth, wasn't even a close number five, was Facebook ads. So the trend here, Facebook ads give the worst return on ad spend, are increasing the most quickly and are rated the least effective. So if you're really struggling out there with your Facebook ads, you are not alone. That, that, not, not that that really helps things so much if that's what your business relies on, but that's, that's a big trend that I'm seeing out there. So, so number two, ad costs are going up, especially on Facebook. Trend number three that I'm seeing, and this is one I've talked about in years past, but it was particularly noticeable this year, is that drop shippers are disappearing at a shocking rate and being replaced largely by manufacturers. So if you look at the number of dropshippers that represented this year's respondents, it was 8%. 8% of that you know, 400 plus pool was dropshippers. Last year, that number was 16 plus percent. So the number of dropshippers got cut in half that reported this year. Whereas you look at manufacturing and those, you know, the number of manufacturers was up a third this year to more than 30% of all respondents. And so that, I mean, that's something that I've kind of noticed as a trend. It's a reason why I sold my dropshipping businesses partially. It's something we've seen in the data over the years. And and this year, it it just accelerated in terms of the number of people in the dropshipping market that just didn't report. And so I, I think there's still definitely pockets where dropshipping can work, but just it's, this is this is a market that is not getting any easier. And people seem to be, you know, really disappearing at a pretty rapid, rapid rate. And that seems to prove that out. So trend number three, dropshippers are disappearing extremely quickly, largely being replaced by people manufacturing their own proprietary goods. Trend number four, this is an important one. It's what I call our number one KPI or Kardashian performance indicator. Let's take a little break from anything serious here. Have a little fun. So every year I ask kind of a weird tongue in cheek question. Two years ago, I asked if you'd rather be attacked by a swarm of angry bees or a bear. People picked the angry bees. Last year, we found out that Elon Musk was our collective favorite billionaire and not probably not a shocker here. Jeff Bezos <laughs> came in last on that one. And this year I asked, what luxury gift would you pick? And the options were A, unlimited use of a private jet, B, a 300K annual income for life, C, the ability to have lunch with anyone in the world once a month, or D, a tropical island, you know, 20-ish acre island in a house somewhere in the, the Caribbean. And two-thirds of people picked the 300K annual income, which I feel like I did not do a very good job of making these equitable choices. <laughs> Everyone else was, you know, those other three options were about at, you know, 10 to 15% each. So kind of interesting. I personally, I would have picked the monthly lunch with anyone. I mean, think about the ability to have lunch with anyone in the world, just summon them to a table. I mean, you can't buy that. So for me, I thought that was interesting, but I totally get you know, 300K income for life. You can, uh, you don't have to worry about that. You can do some cool stuff. 
So not really an important trend, but I don't know. It's fun to it's fun to use your surveying powers to be a little silly sometimes. All right, moving back into serious mode, or at least quasi-serious mode, as serious as I can be. Trend number four that I am seeing, uh, and that is that growth remains surprisingly strong out there. So two years ago, the average revenue growth for stores in the survey was 25%. Last year, it was 37%, and this year, it was 36%. So down a touch, but for all practical purposes, pretty much the same. And you know, it's, it's interesting, if you look at the, the margins, income growth remains strong or on par, nothing out of the ordinary there. And margins even, even remain strong. I mean, if you look at the gross margin for, for merchants, it was 45% versus I think about you know, 39-ish percent last year, 40% last year. Big part of that is you've got people moving from drop shipping, which is a lower margin business to manufacturing, which is a higher margin business. Net margin was also up by close to a percent to 18.2%. So things, you know, on the margin side, on the profitability side, on the growth side, things are good out there. And, you know, it's economy is humming along. I don't know if we attribute this to just, you know, gobs of cash being pumped into the economy by the Fed. I, I don't know what it is. That's talk to someone smarter than me to get that figured out. But things out there on a macro level in terms of year over year growth are looking very good for your average merchant. So trend number four, growth remains extremely strong for merchants. All right, trend number five, the conversion rate continues to surprisingly keep increasing. You look at the average conversion rate across all the stores this year, and it would top to 3%. It was 3.02%. That's up from 2.62% last year. That's a pretty big bump. And granted, there, there's, there's some outliers on there that are, that are probably bumping that up a little bit. You know, people that are, I don't know, giving away free money or, or something like that on checkout. I'm not sure. But we had those people last year too, and it still increased. And so we've got, you know, 400 plus people here, and that's what we're seeing. And, and I don't know exactly what what the, you know, what this is, why this is happening. Maybe you've got e-commerce evolving and maturing. Half of our stores, at least in our private community, run on Shopify and Shopify has been doing a better job of, of streamlining the checkout on mobile, but also with some of their, some of their abilities to kind of Shopify checkout with, with, with text tokens and, and Apple pay and things like that. So I think part of it is, is increased, you know, improvement of, of conversion on the checkout side of things and on mobile and also uh, just, just e-commerce maturing in general, more people buying online. So you look at the, the conversion rates across business model too, and it wasn't just one little segment of, of the marketing. You know, it, the conversions increased in the majority of the different business models. So I think that's interesting. I think this is also what's helping when you see ad costs going up 15% year over year. This is probably one of the reasons why you're able to see profit margins stay strong and even improve. You got good, strong growth, but the conversion rate, if it's increasing, especially if it's increasing at a faster rate than the ad costs are increasing, that's, you know, that's going to be able to, you're going to be able to, at the end of the day, you, you still pay for the conversion, you pay more for it, but you're able to convert more of them. And so that it can offset it. So a little note, interesting note here, average mobile conversion rate is 1.66% versus 3.02%. So a little, a touch more than half. So just for a proxy, obviously it's going to change for you, but your mobile conversion rate should, if you're, you know, if you're benchmarking should be just a touch at, you know, ballpark about half what your desktop rate is. So trend number five, the conversion rates that we're seeing continue to increase. And our sixth and final trend for the episode is it was a rough year for macro and political trends. A couple things uh, for this year. One, tariffs asked what you know if tariffs impacted your business this year and over a third 
36.4% of respondents said that tariffs had a negative impact on their business. It's a pretty big deal. You know, this is stuff I guess talked about in the news a lot. It's in the headlines, but it, it legitimately trickles through to a big chunk of people that are running small businesses out there. So that's tough. And the second thing is sales tax. You know, it's, it's always curious. There's, there's so much ambiguity and confusion and, and, and around, around the sales tax issue right now. And one thing I wanted to know is what percentage of people are trying to be by the book, or at least by the, the book of the real strict interpretation that you need to, you have FBA Nexus, or you have Nexus anywhere you have FBA inventory. And so I asked, how many people are actually submitting sales tax for FBA Nexus inventory? And not even a quarter of people were, were collecting tax where they had FBA inventory, uh, trying to do that. And it didn't surprise me too much, but it was interesting to see see the numbers. And I actually thought that perhaps maybe that if I looked at it by larger merchants, that that number would go up because they have more risk of potentially being audited. But that actually, that number actually decreased. Fewer larger merchants are, <laughs> are collecting tax in places they have FBA nexus. So anyway, a couple of interesting macro stats and sales tax stats. And just, I really hope this next year that the sales tax situation gets improved because it's it's just a disaster in the United States now, as we've we've talked about a lot. I won't I won't bring that all back up in this episode, but you know those kind of things are, are definitely making an impact on the sales tax front and the tariffs front on merchants. All right, that's going to do it for the roundup. If you're interested in getting the full data set, I release all the data, the raw data for these reports, and you can dive into them. You can chop them up. I'm happy to you know to let you use the, the graphics I create or mention any of these stats under a non-commercial attribution license. So you can read the whole report, get the full data set at ecommercefuel.com forward slash 2019 dash report. And a big congratulations to Nathan Murray from rivalsgroup.com for winning this year's prize. Nathan, you landed yourself a free plane ticket anywhere in the world. Congratulations. Thank you for taking the time to, to go through this beast and hope things are well at Rivals Group for your business. So that's it for this year. I'll be doing this again next year. And yeah, I look forward to seeing what happens. Who knows what's going to happen uh, in 2020? It'll be fun to find out. If you're listening to this and you own your own e-commerce business, and chances are probably pretty good that you do if you've gotten this far through the episode, you need to check out our private community for store owners. It's a, a vetted group of over a thousand store owners and experienced professionals. And the reason it's different is, is just like I mentioned, it's vetted. We go through and we require all new members have a seven-figure business. They actually have experience in the space. And we go through and we review all applications to make sure everyone's legit when they come in. And then once everyone gets inside, it's not a free-for-all. We, we moderate in ways where if people are being jerks or you know behaving inappropriately, we toss them out. If people come in and do nothing but ask questions, we toss them out. We really value experience. We value reciprocity. And it's a place where you're going to be able to connect with other store owners to learn what's working, but also make good friends. Like some of my best friends I have met through this community. And I know that others can say that as well. So if you're interested in learning more and applying for membership, you can do that at ecommercefuel.com forward slash form. That's F-O-R-U-M. And also, again, want to just say a big thank you to the two sponsors that make this show possible. First, to Clavio, who makes email marketing automation incredibly easy and powerful. You can learn more about them and get started for free at ecommercefuel.com forward slash Clavio. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O. And also to Liquid Web, who offers hands down the absolute best place to host your WooCommerce store online with plans starting at just 39 bucks. So if you want to learn more about them and how they can supercharge your WooCommerce site, you can learn more at ecommercefuel.com forward slash liquid web. 
Thanks so much for tuning into the show, listening. Really appreciate you and looking forward to catching you again next Friday. Want to connect with and learn from other proven e-commerce entrepreneurs? Join us in the e-commerce fuel private community. It's our tight knit vetted group for store owners with at least a quarter million dollars in annual sales. You can learn more and apply for membership at ecommercefuel.com. Thanks so much for listening, and I'm looking forward to seeing you again next time. Thank you.